This is an ABC podcast. Yama friends, it's Jack here filling in for Ruby, and this is news time. G'day, Jack. Hello, Jack. Today, we're going to discover a dinosaur that may not have been quite as scary looking as we think. Then, hear about an Australian choir singing for the new king. Next, we'll go to a modern art show. Just before we head outdoors to celebrate International Plant Health Day. And then, it's the time you've all been waiting for. Wow, the week! Can't wait to hear it. Let the countdown begin. Story number five Tyrannosaurus rex, or T Rex for short, are known for being one of the largest and scariest of all the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs also have these big long tails so they can hit other dinosaurs. It has lots of teeth that are really little and they're really good to jump on. That's right. But how we think they looked may not be exactly how they did look when they lived more than 60 million years ago. Scientists have argued for decades about whether or not the prehistoric predator had lips like lizards or no lips with teeth hanging out like crocodiles. Really? T-Rexes come from the theropod family. They're related to crocodiles and alligators that are alive today. Because of this relationship, scientists have long thought that T-Rex's teeth would poke out of its closed mouth, just like their modern cousins. But recent studies have shown that theropod dinosaurs have thinner enamel on their teeth compared to crocodiles. Enamel is the protective outer covering of teeth. So this means that if the T-Rex's teeth were outside its mouth, their pointy edges would wear down if exposed to too much air. But the T-Rex fossils and bones that have been studied have teeth that were still sharp. So scientists think that must mean they were behind some big, beautiful lips. What? I'm shocked. That will be really crazy because then it will look like a lizard dinosaur. Scientists still aren't 100% sure, but in the studies they look at how big Rexy's teeth were compared to their head and how a T-Rex skull would bite down if they did indeed have lips. In the end, they found a compelling case that theropod dinosaurs, like the T-Rex, had lips covering up their pointy, scary teeth. It would be pretty funny. <laughs> because it would be more like a lizard and it won't look very much scarier anymore. If they don't show them, that means it won't be that scary still. Any dinosaurs are scary. Yeah, I agree. Story number four. Singing can be super enjoyable, even if you can't quite hit the right notes. What do you know about choirs? Somewhere where you go and sing. It's a singing great. That's right. Sometimes choirs are hard to get into because some want you to already be a super good singer. But the Vocal Fusion Youth Choir from Bunbury in the southwest of Western Australia is a non-audition choir. That means even if you're not the best singer, they'll welcome you with open arms. People like singing, but some people don't think that they, because they might have heard them sing, but they won't let them join because they might not be that good. And it's not very nice if you don't, because it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. You gotta like singing. Exactly. 
Their choir is made up of children from all different backgrounds aged between 7 and 17. Over the weekend, the choir were the only Australian singers chosen for the virtual Commonwealth Choir that sung at King Charles III's coronation. They recorded a version of the 1980s classic Higher Love and filmed their performance at Bunbury Beach. The song was combined with other singers and songs from around the world to honour the crowning of the new king. The Commonwealth is made up of 54 countries from all over the world that has the king as the head of the group. And it would probably be pretty um, special because it'll probably be one of the days that you would never forget because you kind of met the king. Exactly. Happy singing, everybody. Story number three. There's an old saying that says, art is in the eye of the beholder. So what do you think art is? It's when someone like does like art and then they put it on display and then everybody can come see it, like in kind of like an art gallery. You draw pictures and you make things. Art is like when someone makes something, it's sometimes not good and sometimes good. Great explanations. Art can include paintings and drawings, but as technology has changed through the years, so has art. It now includes comedy theatre, storytelling, poetry, musical performances, videos and dance. And this week, Melbourne in Victoria is hosting the Yirrimboi First Nations Art Festival. Yirrimboi showcases bold, modern Indigenous art. Artists chosen for the festival use all forms of modern digital technology to express themselves and their culture. Pretty sure to express a message. Over the years, there's got a lot more colours and stuff because back in like the olden days, they wouldn't really have much things to do art. The theme of Year and Boy this year is Black Futurism. It's about changing the way we think about what First Nations art is and celebrating the way it's changing into the future. That's great. Yirrimboi means tomorrow in the local language of the Bunwarung and the Woiwurrung peoples. And that's the focus of this year's festival. More than 300 First Nations artists from all over the world will showcase their works at the event. Wow, that's awesome. And the festival is making sure young people will learn from traditional art forms and grow them into the future. Um, you can, like, learn the story of it and then, like, if you think about it a lot, you could probably learn the story. Leading the way for tomorrow's artists. Story number two. Plants are all around us and the health of our planet depends on plants because many help to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and make the air that we breathe. Plants also provide food and homes for all the animals on Earth, including us humans. Because, like grass, that are plants, the animals eat grass and they like grass or they can eat hay. Some food grows on plants, like in apples grow on trees and oranges grow on trees. That's right. And this week, we celebrate International Day of Plant Health. Plants give humans more than 80% of the food we eat, shelter, building materials, and even some medicines that make us feel better when we're sick. Farmers also grow and sell plants, which contribute not just to our tables, but also our economy. 
Since it's become easier for people to travel around the world in planes and boats, many plants that grow in one country have been introduced into another and have become pests. These are known as invasive plants, and they are one of the main causes of plants dying. And unfortunately, pests and diseases destroy nearly half of the food crops planted around the world every year. The world would be sick because there would be nothing to eat without them. It would. So Plant Health Day is all about playing our part in protecting the environment plants live in by doing lots of different things. Planting native species in our gardens, having our own veggie patch in our backyards, supporting farmers who grow food in a kind way to the environment, and learning that every plant plays a very important role in life on Earth. It's really important because we really need to water them so that we could get healthy and it could grow fruit. Plants equal life. Spot on. And now it's that time of the week, the story you've been waiting for. Wow of the week. This story made me wow because it was like really fascinating and told me things I didn't know. Imagine walking through a forest at night and as you're walking, you see something glowing on a tree trunk. They look like glowing mushrooms. Spot on. Glowing mushrooms are captivating photographers and scientists, particularly at this time of year. They glow, and if they glow at night, it'll be really cool. Lots of magical. It can, like, make it even a fairy. They love glowy things. Around the world, there are more than 100 types of fungi or mushrooms that are known to be bioluminescent. Bioluminescence is when living things can create their own light, so they look like they're glowing. You might already know that lots of fish and jellyfish that live in the ocean glow bright and beautiful colours. Fish sometimes do it, and then also I think I've been to an aquarium and how they've had like jellyfish and there were colours and it was really pretty. And just a few years ago, scientists discovered that some marsupials and mammals like platypuses and wombats can glow as well. But you need a special ultraviolet light to see them lighting up. And that blue UV light is what photographers are using to capture the glowing mushrooms. Scientists have been researching glowing fungi for years, but they still don't know why they glow. I'm pretty sure of the night time they just glow and people just put some glow magic in them. Hmm, could be. Scientists believe the glowing is caused by something in the mushroom that mixes with oxygen, or the air we breathe, and an enzyme. Just like what happens with fireflies. Cool. Hopefully they'll find out more about this fantastic fungi soon. Well, that is it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Jack. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. And I'll catch you next week with five new stories. See you next time. Bye, Jack. See you next time. Or as they say in Polish, do widzenia. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.